Are you ready for common sense retirement planning advice? Tired of the noise coming out of mainstream financial media that doesn't always have your best interest at heart? Looking for someone who will answer the tough questions that applies to your money? Well, welcome to the Plan to Retire podcast. Each week, certified financial planner Jeff Bowers will make you a better investor, consumer, and help you make smart money choices as you journey through retirement. Head on over to plantoretire.com, that's the number two in Plan to Retire, where you can learn more, schedule a no-obligation introductory phone call, or subscribe to this free podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Now, here's your host, Jeff Bowers. Today on the Plan to Retire podcast, we have, it's one of our lifestyle choices today, we have Carol Ann Williams with Instinctive Defense. Carol Ann is a defense expert targets and specializes assisting young ladies and young women defend themselves from an attack. And she's going to give us a lot of good, solid information today. And they're going to give us the three things you need to be thinking of in case you're attacked. And more information on Carol Ann, you can go to her website, instinctivedefense.net, and find out more information about her. But with that, let's get going and talk to Carol Ann. Carol Ann, great to have you with us today. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yep. And, you know, you come recommended uh, through a family member who's taken one of your self-defense classes. And this is one of those podcasts that even though we're financial planners and we focus on retirement, I try to do a lot of lifestyle things as well. And certainly personal safety, can you get more important than personal safety? I, I probably don't think so. So it's really pretty neat that you're considered an expert in this field. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your path to become a personal safety trainer and expert. Well, besides teaching self-defense, it would go to, I am a mom with two boys. That goes back to my youngest was in karate, and that's what got me into self-defense to start with. But I work for a hospital and do sleep studies at, well, I was doing sleep studies at night. Now I'm working a lot during the daytime, doing the the day part, and love teaching self-defense. And I know everybody's sick of hearing about COVID, but that's kind of slowed me down a lot. And so hopefully I'll get back to that. How long have you been doing it? The self-defense? Yeah. For over a decade. Wow. I've been with Steve Cardian for over a decade and traveled with him and just grew into it. I actually started with self-defense before jujitsu. And when I was doing self-defense with Steve, he, Steve Cardian, he kept telling me, you should try jujitsu. You should try jujitsu because jujitsu puts you in the worst positions possible. Okay. And so the self-defense that I teach, as Allie knows, I'm teaching women the worst position possible and how to get out of that. So where jujitsu and what I teach is very much related. Okay. That makes sense because, you know, I, I took Taekwondo in college and I thought, you know, this is interesting that I've seen a couple other people mention about jujitsu and the crossover. So it's because of that because of the type of positions that jujitsu, the situations it puts you in, there's a lot of crossover to what happens to you if you are attacked, if you're out running or Lord forbid doing something else. Yeah. When I started jujitsu years ago, there was hardly any women involved. Really? There was only one or two women when I was first going to Capitol. And it can be very intimidating because your people are in your space. Whereas you said karate, you want space. Whereas in you're pulling that person, you're literally put, you want that person closer (laughs) so that you more control. And it's great for women. 
because it's made to help the smaller person survive in a time. Yeah. And being close in that situation where a lot of people are attacked, especially I imagine women, the perpetrator is already close to them. And so they can't use something to keep them away because they're already past that point. And 90% of the time, it's somebody they know that's attacking them. So they're already sitting there with that person or so close that it's like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? And most women, if they've never had training, they don't know what to do. So they're going to panic. Every second matters. So to have some type of training, every woman should have at least one self-defense class in their life, if anything, at least one, so that it does make them more aware. You know, some people are like, does an hour and a half class really do anything? Does a three hour class? I believe that mentally it gets a person started and start to become more aware of, hey, you know what? I really do need to know what to do. Or I never thought about that. What if I am in that situation? What do I do? And I think that's where passion starts to happen with a lot of women. Hmm. Well, you mentioned the mental aspect. Talk a little bit about that. What is it that mentally... How does that work? What's the mindset we need to be in, not only prior to attack, but maybe during? I think that with all my training, I learned because when I would walk into class, even training, if I walked in feeling like, man, I'm going to get my butt whipped today, (laughs) I would get my butt whipped. You have to walk in with confidence and you have to uh, mentally know I know what to do. I'm prepared. This is not going to happen to me. You know, I'm not going to. You have to mentally tell yourself, I'm going to get out of this position and then get out of it. Yeah. And I imagine the training helps put you in a little better mental spot. They have some more confidence. It does. It's like when you're walking around and just going from somebody might work, for example, at a hospital and they have to walk from the walking out to their car, you know, just knowing, hey, I'm going to park by a light making these little safety tips, having a plan that is going to make a person mentally strong. And then you're walking with confidence, a predator's looking for a weak target, a soft target. So you're not looking like a soft target if you're prepared. And so they're less likely to attack you. Do you think the predators can really get that vibe from looking at someone? There was a study done, I cannot quote the study, where they had went in and talked to prisoners. And I think I'm pretty sure they were actual rapists. And they said it takes seven seconds. So statistically, they say in seven seconds, a predator can detect whether it's a weak target or hard target. So the body language is a big thing. Is someone aware or are they on their phone not even paying attention to what they're doing? Definitely recognize that. What do you think are some of the most important, you, you had mentioned a couple of them there about parking in a lighted area and not being on the phone. What kind of other common sense things do you think we should practice to potentially help us avoid being a victim? Definitely being aware. Like I've always said, awareness is a key to safety. Okay. Walking with your head up, being aware is definitely just something easy we can all do. So that head up position, not looking down. It's so funny you say that going back 15 years ago, we had a neighbor who was our kid's pediatrician and he was young and it was another pediatrician that was on the other side of us. So we went down an Orioles game and it was so funny. We parked in a parking garage 
And we came out of the parking garage and turned the wrong way away from Camden Yards. And he had complete confidence of where he was going. We got up to the next street corner and I said, you know, Dwayne, do you know we were going the wrong way? He goes, yeah, I realized that after I went, but I went to med school here in downtown Baltimore. And one thing I learned is you always want to look like you know where you're going, even if you know you're going the wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that's some of that too, right? Yeah. Like I get nervous sometimes when I'm traveling, if I can tell I'm starting to enter a bad area and I have my GPS up where people can see through your car at night. And I'm like, yeah, this is a good idea. Yeah, 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 definitely. What do you think? How much of an influence does size matter when you're defending yourself? Because obviously a lot of females are smaller in stature. So uh, talk a little bit about how size plays into the equation of self-defense. I believe size, it depends on, again, going back to training. In jujitsu, size is the smaller person is always being attacked by the larger person, you know, and you are leveraged technique and timing. In jujitsu, I always learned working with the Gracie Network was as a beginner, you, you're like reaching out and you're trying to grab these people and get these attacks in, you know, submit them. And I learned through my years to just actually calm down, flow with it and wait for them to give me something and then submit. And that takes years to get that training down to be able to just relax and flow. And I honestly, as I have been taught, I create a blueprint and sometimes I'll just think about things and I'll be like, well, if someone was to do this or do that, this is what I would do. So the blueprint helps too. So size with leverage technique and timing, I feel like a woman can definitely get out of any position. And But yet you go back to if you're aware, you won't hopefully get into that position. So it all gets back to awareness. But then if something happens, yeah, size with jujitsu and the class that I teach. That's what I teach the girls too. leverage technique and timing. I teach them the same thing. You know, you mentioned about blueprints. So if someone's going to the shopping mall tonight and it's after dark, you said, am I interpreting it correctly that you would want to say, okay, before you park that car, I want to have a plan going into the mall and coming out of the mall. Yep. And even with all my training, I'm always thinking that way. All my friends would tell you, Carol Ann's going to be parked by the light somewhere. (laughs) We'll find her car. And honestly, it's not being scared. It's being smart. It's, It's just being smart. And I'd rather just be smart. And it can be a lot of pressure when you're teaching this stuff. Goodness, if I parked in a dark spot and someone's like, well, why were you parking there? But I teach the girls anything if I had a daughter. I teach them as if they were my daughter, my sister, my mother. And I wouldn't tell them something that I did not believe in. And that's what I I tell them in every class. I'm not going to teach you something that is, if I feel something's not going to work, I will be honest with you. That's where the bad guys even come in at the end of class. And they're a part of it. Whatever they have a fear of, we work on that too. So the guys will grab them and I show them how something will work and not work. Yes, you do some real life practical. Very real simulated attacks basically yes and it's very empowering like at first i bet come in and some girls have never done a class and they're just you know they start to get it's so awesome to see a girl come in and i one girl just 
totally came to my mind and she didn't really want to take the course. Her mom made her take it and she fell in love with it and she loved to be challenged. Like she wanted to make sure that she knew when she was out at college that if someone walked up to her, she would know how to handle herself. And, you know, speaking with confidence to somebody will help. I feel like that's where they don't want that hard target that strong target. They want someone that's going to be like scared or not paying attention or so I'm not saying somebody who's going to be meek and quiet. They don't want somebody confident and loud, I guess. Right. Yeah, like I always tell the girls, if, some, if I'm at Martin's and someone walks up to me, I'm going to act like a maniac. They're going to be like, I don't want to touch this girl. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. two fears, they don't want to get caught and they don't want to get hurt. So you have to cause fear into them, ruin their plan. Like I tell girls, don't, the one scary part, and I see fear in girls' faces all the time when I say, I talk about going to the secondary crime scene. You know, someone's coming up to you and they're like, you need to go with me or I'm going to do this to you or I'm going to do that to you. I tell them, I do not go with them no matter what they say to you, because what they're going to do to you when they take you away from that spot is far worse and could last. You see girls being taken for years. And so ruin their plan and get away from them. Don't listen to them. Just get away. And that's where I tell them, I'm not going to tell you something I wouldn't do myself or tell my own daughter to do. And it is a mental challenge. Like it's, you have to be mentally put yourself there and know I am not going to go with these people. And in order, I think, to accomplish that, because you have to really think in that moment, if you can put yourself there, how that girl's going to feel. And, but if you have it in your mind, hey, I already know what I'm going to do, you can react faster. The faster you react, the better chance you can get away. Do you think the reason a lot of in that situation why they do it is they think if I just appease them, then I'll be okay at the next step. But what you're saying is no, no, that's now is not the time to appease. Draw your line to sand now, get loud, get crazy, make a public spectacle, draw your line to sand right now. Don't be passive and submissive. Yeah. Correct? We've spoken about that for years. You've seen videos in the last year or so of people who fought back and the predator would leave them alone. They'd get away because they don't want to get caught. Yeah, I had a retired friend of mine in law enforcement. He said something similar, too. He said, one of the things if you're in a large group, movie theater, or restaurant, and people worried about these you know, active shooter situations. He said, one of the things we're trained in law enforcement is immediately identify where are the hands. If you've got that feeling that something's not going right, somebody's up to something that's no good, can you see their hands? Get a handle of their hands because that split second of you seeing something going down first may be what saves your lives or, or the life of other people because you can see something going on with their hands. Yeah, my old Gracie jiu-jitsu instructor, he always teach class and he'd have his hands in front of him and just kind of like rubbing his hands, you know, just right in front, not to be intimidating or anything, but just so he's ready because if your arms are down, the time it takes to pull them up, it's seconds. So have them in front of you, just rubbing your hands back and forth just to be prepared and ready. So what about, has there been any time that yourself or anyone you know has any stories when self-defense saved you or somebody you know? Sadly, 
I feel like people search a self-defense class once something's already happened or something's happened to someone that they love or know. And that's the sad part. But I have plenty of females that I've taught in the last decade that have contacted me after and said, I'm talking about a college student here. You know, she's like, I went to get out of my car and I just had this feeling because one thing I really drill in the girl's heads, our intuition, like as females, our gift is intuition. The problem is a lot of the times we ignore it and we don't want to think bad about people. We don't want to, we're like, oh, we're probably just, it's just me thinking this, but no, trust your intuition. So I think the girls really learn that when they get a feeling they listen to it. I really, after the class, they definitely get that part. So I've had plenty of girls tell me that they didn't get into a bad situation because of what they've learned into the, in the class. And then I've had women who have been assaulted already and they come to the class. And those are the memorable cases of watching them become so empowered because they went from they had been in a bad position and now they can do something about it. So they've kind of got that fight back. That's awesome to watch too. Yeah. That makes sense too. You know, and you mentioned there about the awareness just numerous times. It seems to me it's not so much maybe I'm going to move my hand this way or my arm this way. It's the positioning yourself in advance and being aware the things that you're going to learn through self-defense training that are going to hopefully get you out of potentially ever being in a problem. Am yeah. I reading that correct? Exactly. And being able to handle situations like, God forbid you are attacked. You have to outlive your attacker. You have to outlive him. So you have to learn to breathe. And I always say breathing is a big thing with survival, with when you're being attacked. If you're not able to control your own breathing and yourself, then you're not going to outlive them. So you to be able to do that. If someone wanted to, you know, we, we have, it sounds crazy. I mean, most of our listeners are in the area, but we have listeners, believe it or not, not only all the U.S. And, and some overseas, but what would be a good first step if I'm a young female or young lady or anyone for that circumstance that wants to take and say, okay, I want to become more aware and I want to do something to position myself better in the future. What's their first step they should take? I would say, find one of our instructors in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and they are how? What's the website? Where would somebody go for that information? Oh my gosh, you caught me off guard. I'm trying to think of Steve's new, it's Jane Jitsu. Jane? Jane Jitsu. J-A-N-E? Uh-huh. Jitsu. J-I-T-S-U. JaneJitsu.com? Yes. And Steve Cardian has instructors all over the United States, even in other countries. We have people come Good. over and do instructor training with him. And then, of course, our class is located in Hagerstown, Maryland. But then we travel too and teach classes. Like if I get a group of girls, I'll come and teach. But I mean, you'll do it for churches, sororities, youth groups, anything of that nature. Oh yeah, the mom and daughter classes. Oh neat. You Have know. You done- have you done any with any employers, any companies had you come in? Yes, I have. I have done that throughout the years. Actually, I just went and spoke about sleep the other day. And one of the people in the, <laughs> one of the people in the audience, they were like, hey, we have to do yoga later. Can we do some self-defense instead? And I <laughs> in my class and her daughters. And it's just 
I feel like you do have to research where you're going, like especially a jujitsu school. I would always suggest someone to go in and watch a class. And if, and if the instructor has a problem with that, that's a red flag. So attention to the red flag. And same with self-defense. Like, I would always research the person. I, as a female, I'm just not going to walk into a school. Get some referrals from someone else who's taken it. I guess look at Google ratings, things like that. Exactly. Right. Well, before we go here today, tell me, you give me three takeaways that you hope that if somebody listens to this podcast, what's the three most important things they're going to take away from this? Awareness is the key to safety. Always walk with your head up, be aware. Intuition, trust your intuition. Okay, it's two. And three would be be mentally strong. Know that you're stronger than you think you are, nine times out of ten. Never back down. Uh, fight for your life. You have one life and you need to fight for it. You know, you talked about that mental strength, you know, and I've heard this from numerous sources too. it. You know, most perpetrators, if you, if you really only knew the truth are really weak individuals, especially weak mentally. Yes. I agree with that. They appear strong because they're overpowering. But if you think about it, what they're doing is they're going after a weak opponent. They're not taking on a guy that's six, four and 265 pounds, are they? No. And they're trying to catch someone off guard. Yeah, they're not looking for a fair fight. <laughs> not, no. Okay. And Great with trafficking and everything going on, it's really important that all our females get some type of training, even at a young age. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Why do you think it? Are we really having more attacks today, or is it just being more of a publicized? What do you think about that? And if we are having more, why? Well, I think the sex trafficking is becoming more aware. I think it's okay. been there. I think it's just coming out more. Other attacks, you know, I don't know if I should even bring this up because I'm not very into politics, but, you know, I feel like defunding our police isn't helping us at all. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, I, it's a reality. I agree with you. And I'm not a very big political person. So for me to believe that, you know, I just, I feel like that's a big thing. Domestic violence, I think that's higher because women are having to, be inside the home more because of COVID, things like that going on. I definitely see that happening. Sadly, deaths even, you know. So I feel like I've heard that more since COVID. I would agree with that. I think there's all kinds of stressors in society because none of us living today have gone through a pandemic. Well, I guess there's a handful of people that have been around that were around as newborn babies in the last one, but not very, not very few. So we're all un- we're all unpacking this together, and each day is a new lesson we're learning as we go. And this is one of those areas I think too that unfortunately is kind of manifesting itself. And you just need to be aware. I, I like what you said. You know, be aware, use your intuition, and be mentally strong. And I think that's true in so many things right now. Well, Caroline, you've been a wonderful guest today. As I said earlier, my daughter highly recommended you, and I can see why you do an outstanding job. I'm going to tell you're passionate about what you do. So thank you very much for being with us here today. And that's Carolyn Williams with Jane Jitsu on the Plan to Retire podcast today. So I hope you got a lot out of that and feel free to use uh, subscribe to we're on all the major platforms. And if you have a question or an idea for a guest on a future podcast, our email is pretty simple. It's podcast at plan to retire the words plan and the number two retire.com so that's podcast at plan to retire.com so 
Caroyan, thank you for being with us today. You've been a wonderful guest. And hey, if you know it's if this plants a seed in one person's head, we achieved something today. Yes, we did. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Plan to Retire podcast. Head on over to plantoretire.com. That's the number two. So plan the number two retire.com to learn more, schedule a no obligation introductory phone call, or to subscribe to this free podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll see you next time on the Plan to Retire podcast.